0: Welcome to the Austin Forum Upload, the podcast of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society. I am the Executive Director and Founder of the Austin Forum, Jay Boisseau. I'm here with one of my teammates, our Tech Director, John Lockman, and our guest today, Gabe Schuyler, who is an Enterprise Solutions Engineer at Wiz.io. John, Gabe, thanks for joining me today. Hey,
1: good to be here.
2: Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me.
0: So we're going to talk about cybersecurity today, and you both have lots of expertise in Computer security issues. And of course, the timing is really good because we just had a big notable breach uh by LastPass that they conveniently informed the community of the seriousness of it right before Christmas in the afternoon, where people were hopefully not reading email. But of course, something like that was made known widely quickly because that was serious. Um Gabe, you want to tell us a little bit about what happened with this LastPass? And so people like me who use LastPass know what we should <laughs> sure, do. Sure.
2: Yeah. Well, LastPass, of course, um, is a password vault. Uh, keeps all of your passwords for you so you don't have to remember them, um, which uh, w- which allows you to um, use different passwords on different sites. It's a good practice. Uh, unfortunately, the files in which those are stored, which are encrypted, uh, were stolen by an adversary. Um, and they're out there on the dark web right now so um so there, there there's a bit of a concern that that folks might have their their vaults compromised uh if they use the weak password maybe something like that um but that is definitely the one that's big in the news right now
0: yeah i have to say I, i'm not too i haven't changed all my passwords uh that were in LastPass because my master password was so complicated if they guess that they deserve everything in it, but so far I'm not worried because what was stolen was actually encrypted. And if you encrypted with a strong password, as you're saying, you're probably still okay, right? Yeah, Great. Well, and, yeah, I think so.
1: And really, the uh, you know them being broken into isn't the biggest part of the story. Um, it's really more that they held back the information. How <laughs> how long that data was yeah. available. Um, where you know we've seen other vaults, and that's a very popular way to keep passwords. Um, what what other what are other uh, vault companies doing that are better than what LastPass did?
2: Well, it's always a tricky question. Um, what what a responsible company of any sort is doing is actually talking about the breach uh, in a timely manner and in an honest manner. Um, so. They, they kind of messed up on that one. Uh, there are other password managers out there. Uh, you can take your pick. As long as your vault is encrypted and you use a solid password, you're actually in pretty darn good shape. Yeah. Uh, so pick the one that works for you, but securing it, uh, that's your responsibility to pick
0: a good password. Uh, but once you do, uh, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, you only have to pick one password for a password manager to save all your others, but you better pick a killer one for that that isn't gonna be uh, guessed or or hacked. Um, Gabe, what other cybersecurity incidents just recently have been sort of notable and cause for some degree oh, yeah. of uh, nervousness, if not alarm?
2: Yeah, uh, these seem to be happening a lot. Um, and just in the past six months, for instance, Uh, Twitter had somebody stole 200 million email addresses of users. Uh, We had Meta, Facebook um, had 400 apps that were stealing credentials. Um, The the Meta Bank in Australia lost 4 million uh, records. Their stock took a nosedive the next day. Um, Also in Australia, Optus lost about 10 million names with dates of birth. Uh, T-Mobile, 26 million (laughs) records there. Um it's uh it, it's it's happening a lot, and um hopefully the companies are being responsible and disclosing. There, there's also some legislation that's requiring responsible disclosure
0: as well. Well, so this keeps happening. Um, you just l- rolled off real quickly a number of recent notable breaches, and of course that means there's many, many more that are happening that none of the three of us know about necessarily. Um why does this keep happening? It seems like it's happening with greater frequency uh, these days, even though we're getting more advanced with security. What's the what's the fundamental issue here?
2: Yeah, well, the, the fundamental issue is um, that your information is worth money. Um, also, if you ask me, it's mostly that people just are kind of jerks uh, and they'll do whatever it takes to get that money. Um, you You steal company secrets, that's worth money. You steal somebody's identity, that can be used in a credit application. You steal somebody's credit card, that you can use that. Um, and, and there's also a, kind of a sick economics to it, which is that these things are stolen so often they're worth very little money. A credit card is actually worth like $5. So people have to have huge breaches in order to make money off of it, kind of kind of feeds itself.
0: John, you run a lot of HPC systems and other uh, computing systems in your life. What kind of bad behaviors are you seeing there with people trying to break in, get passwords, et cetera?
1: I mean, with big compute infrastructure, there was always the, uh, over the past few years, the want to break in and, you know, mine Bitcoin or, um, host, uh, material on the internet. Um, that was, that was usually what, what you'd see in, in that world, but in the research space, especially inside of the side of the national science foundation and, um, across the United States, there's a group of, um, I'll say, uh, I guess, SecOps folks that share that sort of information between everyone. Um, It's a very open community that, you know, when they, when they recognize it, it's uh, it's report and, and figure out what you can do from there.
0: Yeah. It's good to have the, you know, national and global communications for the, by the good guys. So that if somebody uses a technique that breaches into one system, hopefully you can get other systems protected before that breach is used in too many others. Um, Good point. We've talked about passwords a bit here and I hope our listeners stay on to the end because at the end, we're going to close with some recommendations on what to do about passwords and other cybersecurity things. But I do want to move on to talk about some other kinds of bad behaviors and security breaches that people may or may not have heard of. Um, actually, the first one I'll bring up is phishing, and I think everybody's probably heard of, of phishing. You want to define phishing, Gabe, and let our listeners know what that means and what to look out for?
2: Yeah, phishing, phishing is when somebody fools you into connecting to their site instead of one that you're expecting. Uh, at least that's, that's the general purpose of people phishing. It is to fool you into doing something that they want you to do. Uh, either they'll pretend to be your bank and they'll ask you to log in. Uh, They'll pretend to be uh, UPS and that you have a package that needs to be delivered. And then they'll steal your personal information and yourself.
1: Yeah, I get a text message every couple of weeks about uh, an iPhone gold that I won or... Free Tesla, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all all sorts <laughs> of fun stuff like that.
0: <laughs> I, I got one the other day that was actually pretty good because it looked like they took the effort to run it through a spell checker, and it's the easiest yeah. thing in the world to do. And for ten years, people were not running the text in their phishing messages through spell checkers and grammar checkers, <laughs> and so it was incredibly obvious that it was fish if you actually know English, but they're starting to at least get that part right. But uh, mm-hmm. I got a hilarious one the other day that was about people fishing. And so click here to secure your account. <laughs> it's like, okay, this is a good phishing <laughs> message. Create fear and uncertainty in me about other phishing attacks and this is how I secure it. Um, so what kinds of phishing of, of attacks and what are the risks there? How much of this is about money as Gabe brought up earlier? How much of this is about other reasons?
2: From what I can tell, most of it is about money. Um, it is people just trying to trying to get stuff for free. Um, but um, it, it, actually, if I could if I could double back, one of the things you said, Jay, was really interesting. Was that that they had actually used a spelling checker? Um, and uh, this is my opportunity because John's the uh, the AI person here. Uh, is somebody was was saying that um, they could see phishing people starting to use Chat and GPT to craft their messages and that that
1: would look genuine.
2: Is that That's something you've heard of or have an opinion on?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's easier to generate text out of a tool that's already out there. And ChatGPT is free. I mean, look at how often it's down, right? It's being used by everybody.
0: <laughs> okay, so I've used ChatGPT to create lyrics for a new song like Taylor Swift, but are you saying that they're using it and say, craft a phishing message so that people Um, will click on my link. Are they really doing that?
2: You you know, I expect that they would be uh, starting to do that. I know that one thing that's been proven is that you can get ChatGPT to write uh, malware, ransomware, for instance. So it's it's an interesting world out there these days.
1: Is there, um, are you aware of any other role that you've seen uh, AI being played out in the in this security space inside mm. of you know phishing and and I guess pass I mean you mm. know there's always been like brute force password attacks that's nothing new. We've seen you know different intelligent attacks of mm. passwords and ways to break cryptography, but um any anything on the on the good on the white hat side, I guess if you will, ah. where they're using yes. uh using AI <laughs> to help defend.
0: Well, I think the obvious one there is fraud detection techniques, right? Use AI Mm -hmm. to try to monitor behaviors and patterns uh, and to see something that's out of the norm. And while we've all probably gotten that call from our credit card company that you're thinking, why are you questioning this charge? Um, It's better to have some false positives than uh, too many missed uh, hacks and whatnot. So, and by the way, I've Mm -hmm. noticed that getting better. I'm, I'm getting fewer false positive phone call checks From credit card agencies. And I hope that's because their AI techniques are improving, not because they're trying less hard.
1: (laughs) It's cheaper to not call you that many times.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we talked about passwords and people trying to take over your accounts. We talked about phishing, where they may try to take over your whole device if you Mm -hmm. click on the wrong link. Uh, What about ransomware? That's been in the news a lot lately too. And isn't ransomware something that they do if they... Can do either of the above if they can get onto your system mm-hmm. and capture your data uh, with a password or take over your system in some way. Uh, this is this often then results in ransomware these days, correct?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, ransomware ransomware is interesting. Uh, rather than being uh, somebody trying to steal your data to to use it, they they lock your data up so that you can't use it. Uh, you're information is more valuable locked up to them because what they'll do is they'll encrypt all the files on your system and then they'll demand quite uh, literally a ransom send however much Bitcoin and we'll let you uh, decrypt your files. Um, it's particularly effective on people uh, who have stored everything on their system and they don't have a backup. Uh, so one, one of the good countermeasures is to have good backups. Um, it's uh, Usually, it's something shady. It'll be a phishing uh, attempt. Somebody will send you something and say, hey, I need you to run this. Uh, or a lot of times, it'll come when people download pirated software. That'll often have ransom in it. Uh, so it's, it's out there. Interestingly enough, it was on uh, the rise for the last few years, and it's actually down this year. Um, it's a um, bit of a mystery. It's a mystery as to why it's down. Yeah, as to why it's down. Um, we have the, um, we have a couple of new directives coming out of the uh, out of the federal government that are recommending that people do not pay ransoms. And at the same time we have insurance companies now saying we will insure you against ransomware, but only if you have current backups. So the the thought I think, uh, at least the theory that that I would I would support, is that because companies are having, backups, uh, hopefully humans are going to be having backups too, um, because they're having backups, they can actually decide to not pay the ransom. And right. so it's less profitable. The payouts have been about half this year as um, as what they were in 2021.
0: 20, uh, so it might be something as simple as the number of intrusions of password cracking and phishing attempts and whatnot. Maybe that's not going down, but the amount of ransomware is solely because... Yeah, I got three backups of it. I don't need to pay your ransom. I'll just yeah, reload exactly. and
1: fix my security hole. Yeah. Your mm-hmm. IT has gotten better. It really it's, it's been an education thing that, you know, everybody has to get better to defend against these sort of, of attacks, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And this is, you know, again, just as we're going to talk about recommendations for passwords and recommendations to to avoid phishing breaks. Uh, we'll also talk about how to deal with uh, ransomware at the end as well. But I think we've kind of given away the answer on that, have multiple backups <laughs> and make sure that they're in different places so that people can't get to all of them and encrypt them. Um, uh, let's move on to these database uh, dumps and breaches that we've seen in mm-hmm. recent years. And uh, you know, a certain entertainment company uh, had a famous very large scale breach in this regard, but um, this is a, ch- a challenge for companies and for our listeners who are CIOs and CSOs and, uh, in charge of their company's data and information? What is the scale of the problem here in these database, database dumps and breaches?
2: Hmm. Um, scale of the problem is that we keep seeing them happen uh, and that they're large. Uh, I think that's probably just part of the economics of it, is that a database breach is a jackpot. So they're you know, I I was able to rattle off a couple from the last six months, um, but that they that they are all very large, uh, and the information usually can be used by someone to to borrow your identity, uh, or or get money from you, or pretend to be you and, and fish other people by pretending to be you. Um, the they're big. They're not as common as, as ransomware, but um, they they certainly get people fame. Uh, in, in the, uh, in the world there. Uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting uh, to, to, to me, one of the, one of the things that, that I discuss um, with friends sometimes though, is it's also an interesting economics of protecting databases is that companies sort of have a responsibility to protect our data. Um, and certainly you can restrict what you share with sites uh, as a precaution, but your data is out there. The, the thing is, every time that we get a breach, uh, T-Mobile particularly was just out in the last few few weeks, few months, every time we get a breach, what companies do is they say, well, we're gonna give you free identity protection um, for the next year, right? <laughs> well, there's an economic decision going on. And I think we, as a civilized society, need to start talking about the fact that, it. This I don't think this would be happening if the cost of a data breach to a company was greater than um, uh, uh, securing it. Uh, so I I think that when you when you look at the economics inside a company, um, and I've never been a fan of people who just say, oh, it's just business, but I think there are people who do that and they say, well, we can give free identity protection, which is actually honestly just a marketing thing for the ID people, uh, or we can actually put money into securing these databases. And the fact of the matter is, securing the database costs more than giving people ID protection.
1: And, and securing it and saying it's secure versus being very open about how you're securing it is very different mm-hmm. too. Um, oh. I, I think uh, the one that pops to my mind over the last year was the ID ID.me uh, with the IRS where uh, they had partnered with a contracted company who was taking uh, video imagery and uh, still shots of people to identify us and you know it's like okay it was that was how we're going to identify ourselves to log into the irs.gov but who was protecting that and what were they what were they doing to protect that if you're a company that's not going to be open at all about how you do that it you've completely lost the trust of anybody that that's going to have to use that right mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah and i think trust i think trust should have Maybe it's not monetary, but it has, it should have a price on it. Uh, certainly, you you lose goodwill, and I think people need to demand that the goodwill uh, be the problem that they don't just you know gloss over it with free ID protection.
0: That's a really good point. Um, per- perhaps you know we talked about the fundamentals. People can be jerks. People want to steal your value. They want to make money off uh, cracking your password or a phishing attempt or uh, maybe make it just by selling you back your data in ransomware or selling data they steal from a database breach on the dark web. There's a lot of ways to make money um, in computer security intrusion, successful intrusions. Um, but it's not all about money, right? I mean, isn't aren't there some people who do it for almost a weird kind of pride? And of course, another yeah. completely different <laughs> angle is national security. So Uh, John, I think you're familiar with some of the hackers who've done this in the past for pride points, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, sometimes, sometimes you do it just to print a little ASCII, um, sheep, (laughs) you know, taking a poop. (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah, I I remember that one very well. Staccato was that hacker's name. And, uh, yeah, actually to his defense, his ASCII heart for taking a poop was, was really pretty impressive for ASCII character art, but. Uh, I guess his, his hacking was even more impressive. He got into a lot of big national <laughs> systems. Um, Gabe, uh, what about national security issues? In addition to people doing this, yeah. you know, I think the previous mm-hmm. one was an example of your statement: people are jerks. But uh, with national security, right. it's not just being jerks; it's something entirely different. Um, yeah, are, are we governments are, are jerks? Seeing any issues in that, or do they, uh, you know, they don't really make the papers? So, do we have any sense yeah. of what the scale is of? Uh, successful cyber attacks on government, especially federal government uh, infrastructure mm-hmm. and systems. Um,
2: it's not a topic that that I follow all that closely, but I I do know that transparency is starting to be something that the federal government at the the highest levels is demanding of lower levels. Is saying that organizations or that that departments need to be honest about the breaches that are happening. And so we are actually seeing in the news that different departments have had uh, a leak of data, for instance. Um, and we're openly attributing that and saying, yes, this was uh, a particular hacking group who seemed to be tolerated by the nation that they're in. Or uh, for North Korea, it's a business, in fact, is that the the state sponsors hackers to steal money. Um, so the, 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 national aspect is really interesting and it's interesting to see the United States kind of pivoting right now to, to say, Hey, we need to really shore up our defenses here and we're going to put some, some money behind it. And we're going to actually have some, some actions, some legislation that goes behind it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, it certainly is, has national security implications. So not picking on our own country, I I remember reading multiple articles about the Russia-Ukraine war in which Ukraine mm-hmm. hacked something. Uh, in one case, it was u- soldiers using unencrypted phones for which they could pinpoint locations and then <laughs> of course, point the assault at, directly at it. Um, yeah let's let's some um, close up here though with uh, what we promised our listeners we'd get to, which is recommendations. We've talked about a lot of different kinds of intrusions some of the reasons for those, et cetera. But probably our listeners care about what can I do to protect myself? So I'm gonna go and sort of alternate to each of you give one after the other and we'll just keep doing this until we run out of suggestions for our listeners. So John, why don't you kick us off? What's your first suggestion for our listeners to protect themselves in some way?
1: Two-factor, it's the best we've got right now. (laughs) You you should probably explain two-factor
0: authentication. So yeah. this yeah, uh,
1: two factor is a you know is a is a way to have two methods of login. I'll say like typically to require like two methods. Yep. Uh, typically it's you know it's a password and a key might be a, a rotating number on a on a on a hardware on a piece of hardware or on a, or on a software that runs on your phone um, or uh, in the form of a text message that you receive uh, or uh, Google has an authenticator app. That you can use, uh, which I I think I have probably fifteen different, <laughs> you know, two factor apps inside of the Google Authenticator. Um, that's a good way. I mean, it's shown to have been broken, but i you know I'll 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 come back to Gabe and say what's what's yours. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, uh, multi factor authentication is pretty good, um, and I know that insurance policies for companies are starting to require it in order to be covered. Um, so that that if industry is headed that way, we can probably benefit from it as well. Um, I think for me also having a password manager is essential uh, because it'll allow you to have different passwords on different sites. Um, pick one that looks good to you um, and, and just go with it. They, they will generate passwords for you if you like. Um, and that way, if one site is compromised and somebody steals your password from one site, they can't use it on another in what's called a credential stuffing attack, right. if you want to look that up.
0: So yeah. these are nice complementary suggestions. I'm going to come back to you in a second, John. But these suggestions are use a password manager so that you can more easily track completely distinct passwords and you're not reusing them. Uh, and as we talked about earlier in the show, pick a very hard uh, complex password for your password manager, and then it will be essentially impossible for anybody to break. And then, John, you talked about complement the use of these protected, uh, unique passwords with two-factor authentication, or even Gabe mentioned multi-factor authentication. I think most of our listeners are probably familiar with the two-factor methods that John mentioned. So those those are both great. If everybody did that, most people wouldn't have their Gmail account broken into or their credit card account broken into or something, but what's another thing our listeners can do either individually or at their company and organization to protect against phishing and ransomware and database breaches.
1: Um, The thing that I've seen a lot of the large corporate world do in, in an attempt to uh, help combat phishing is to do um, fake phishing uh, sort of events where they'll, They'll, they'll let you know there's something coming and it will be fishy. And there are things like your account hasn't been deposited yet, or the boss wants this, wants you to read this document. Uh, they're very, you know, it's it, it it's kind of funny to me because I'm like, ha ha, I see I see what you're doing. That's funny, but it's a good way to help uh well, one identify who's looking at stuff and actually clicking on things. Um, Two, what kind of access those people have. And three, if you can identify the ones that are clicking on it, you can send them to a class for an hour and say, hey, you got to go, you got to go to the phishing class.
0: (laughs) So training your employees with uh, fake phishing attempts that if they get caught, they, you know, they need some more education about how to spot phishing attempts. That's great. Gabe, what's another suggestion from you? Oh, um, I'll tell you, let's let's schedule another podcast
2: for uh the the user user uh training um pluses <laughs> and minuses and things that we could probably debate that one for a while. Um I'll, I'll zoom in on ransomware um and just double double down on, on what I mentioned before, which is it's important is. to have uh frequent backups of your of your system. Um just you, you, you've got all your family photos on your darn laptop. Um, it is not all that expensive to just get an external hard drive, plug it in, drag everything over. It's going to take three hours. Um, but just copy everything onto the hard drive, unplug it, and then, you know, give it, uh, you know, store it somewhere safe. Uh, because if you get ransom, then you can just go back in time. So I think, I think backups are, are going to be my second recommendation.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, John, offsite gonna... off-site backups. Not just <laughs> not just at home, but somewhere else too. Uh, yeah, John, yeah. I'm gonna
0: flip back to you and give you a hint a little bit. What about what's a tip that people might need to follow to see if they have been hacked?
1: Oh, there are sites that you can check. Mm-hmm. Um, like um, have I been pwned? Um, where you can put in your email address and It'll tell you, um, some of the, I've seen, uh, um, credit card companies will let you know if your, um, if your email address or your phone number pops up on dark web searches. Um, those are, those are kind of, kind of neat ways to see if you have been, but, um, easy things to do are well i'd say easy they're not super easy because i don't know i have like 450 password accounts i think currently in my last pass that i'm moving away from and changing to something else and um, rotating those regularly yeah. is kind of is really the best thing it's probably one of the things i hate when you're in a you know in a corporate world and your laptop you know they tell you every 90 days it's time to change um, That's probably even too long. You should probably be doing it once a month. I mean, pick great passwords, secure them in uh,
0: some kind of password locker with an even more, if that's possible, secure password. Mm -hmm. And even then rotate your passwords. Don't always leave them, even though they're distinct from each other. Change them on some kind of schedule as well. That makes sense. Uh, Gabe, I'm going to flip it back to you and ask you, uh, what should people do in terms of, their software updates for applications Mm -hmm. and os's and such is is that keeping them more secure yeah
2: updates updates are essential um that is the way that that the bad guys get in is that they will exploit vulnerabilities in the software that you're using so when your software pops up and says would you like to update the answer should be yes um oddly enough um boomers are really good at updating their software and Gen Z is really terrible at it. I I was just reading that. I have, nobody
0: really knows why, Um, but, um, but be, be more like the boomers and and update your software. Oh, I I get a little dopamine rush every time I see that I have any updates of any kind. I love applying updates. Mm -hmm. I feel like somehow my life is going to be better for applying these updates, but I know the real reason is for security. Um, They're constantly finding risk items. And so I particularly am quick about that when I see that, oh update from whatever os you know 4.0 to 4.0.1 for security fixes i'm i'm always very quick about that and we we encourage our listeners to be as well um, i'm going to share one that actually i'm cheating and i got this from gabe um i love this one and i'd never thought about it when you when you have those questions uh that they give you to recover your account and it's usually like what is your father's last name? And what city were you born in? These are things that are pretty easy for hackers to find out. Even what is the name of your first pet? If you posted that on social media somewhere, might not be too hard to figure that. But Gabe, you had a great suggestion about making up questions and an, or at least making up answers <laughs> if you can't change the questions, make up answers that only you would know that you've never put out there. I thought that was a great idea. Yeah, uh,
2: computer will, computers will believe anything you tell them. Um, so you can you don't have to answer your security questions
0: honestly. Uh, there, there's no way checking behind the scenes. As long as you can be consistent in remembering how you made up the answers, then then it's a great yeah for security questions.
2: Which is why you have a uh, password manager.
0: Is yeah. you just in the notes section,
2: like my mine where with I when I have those questions in my notes section of, of my password manager, I say, oh, my first car was a Buick or something.
0: My first pet name was Godzilla or something.
2: Yeah, like
0: Exactly. It. All right. Yeah. Uh, I hope all You're of you have our to listeners change your security to... question
2: now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. It wasn't. Yeah. Can't use that one now. All right. Well, thank you guys very much. Do you have any parting thoughts for our listeners about how they can secure their lives, companies, or organizations? Uh, any final words?
1: Quantum encryption is going to happen sooner than you think. And then you'll have a whole lot of other problems to think about.
0: I think you actually mean quantum <laughs> decryption is going to happen sooner than you think. And but the good news is people are working on post-quantum cryptographic techniques. So uh hopefully they'll develop the uh, post-quantum cryptographic techniques faster than the inevitable, the quantum computers coming to, to break your passwords. Uh Gabe. Mm. Um,
2: my advice is to stay aware. Uh you know, it's like you're walking down a dark street, just don't trust strangers. Um, it's not all that scary as long as you have the help of something like a password manager. Uh, make sure you back things up so that if you do, quote, lose
0: something, you can get it right back. Great. My my last word will be something we haven't talked about much today, but the social engineering way of, of people getting into things. Um, you tend to trust people that are in your life that you know, and probably most of them earn it. But Always be on the lookout for people that uh, maybe they're not doing it through a phishing message. They're trying to do another way to get you to do something to plug in a USB stick that you don't know what's on that USB stick or uh, calling you on the phone to say, hey, I'm from Citibank. Uh, We're having a problem with your account and uh, trying to trick you into giving some information they can use to hack. So uh, getting back to the very basic fundamental of some people are jerks, uh, don't fall for people uh, attacks. Uh, that they use to get information that you can then uh, they can then break in in one of the other ways we've talked about. All right, uh, thank you guys for joining us today, um, Gabe. Look forward to seeing you around at Austin Forum events and at, at lunch at Torchy's Tacos, and hope you'll continue to be a regular and sharing cybersecurity expertise with our listeners. John, uh, always a pleasure co-hosting these podcasts with you, and I love today we could make you the guest more than the co-hosts and pick on your cyber expertise as well and benefit from that. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to the Austin Forum Upload. You can listen to additional episodes and check out a schedule of our monthly in-person events at austinforum.org. The Upload is a production of the Austin Forum on Technology and Society, a nonprofit organization here in Austin, Texas.